Folks, this is your captain speaking. We're just preparing the craft for departure and undergoing some last-moment pre-flight checks. But once underway, we'll be flying at about 6,000 miles per hour at an altitude of 300 feet as we depart the BFE non-stop towards our destination of... Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does I think this is in the tin. It's best film ever, and we are doing cleared for takeoff. My name's Ian. And my name's Ethan. And we're a little bit lost because we just sort of hit the button and looked at each other like, who's leading this? Cause, cause, <laughs> because in, in our premise for cleared for takeoff, we're sort of both in the jump seat. We're doing something that no one's seen before and kind of going, what do we do here? And we are here to talk today as you... Well, you probably didn't recognize from the intro because the music's not really uh, that well known, I would imagine. I, and if it's anything like any of our Marvel series, it'll probably change five times throughout the series. I can't remember it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, we're here to do Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight, which led to a bunch of Moon Knight puns as we were sitting oh, back and so, forth. So many. Yeah. Uh, you, you came up with dancing in the Moon Knight. Yeah. Uh, I was coming at with uh, the Leanne Rhymes song. Can't yeah. it can't stop the Moon Knight or can't fight the Moon Knight? I'm I think it was it can't it was can't stop the Moon Knight. Yeah, and then you had Moon Knighting. As can't well, stop the Moon Knight or or Moon Knighting, which yeah. is a pun, of course, on Moonlighting. <laughs> which uh, is that the series with? Uh, is that the share? No, it's Moonstruck. Is Moonlighting? That's the one with Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis, right? I think so, because I remember when, when Moonlight, the Oscar-winning movie, came out, everyone was like, oh, is it similar to Moonlight? Oh, okay, was went, it really? No, <laughs> no not in the slightest, guys. Uh, yeah, it sort of leads somewhat organically into a, a very brief thing, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, or we have talked yeah. about this, kind of when this gets dropped in the great pantheon of BFE drops. I think I know where it's going to get dropped. Um, you know, Bruce Willis retires from acting due to... Yeah. Uh, Something called aphasia, which I didn't even know was yeah. a thing. It was, this was my introduction to it. And, uh, you know, the Razzies have taken back a Razzie from, from Bruce. Um, I respect that. I guess. I mean, it, it, it's difficult because he did make some really bad movies. I think it's more like, uh, look, we, we respect you. We'll, we'll do that. At this yeah, same point, it's, it's, I'm never going to forget some of the stuff the, he's the, done. The Razzies, by nature, are kind of a... I don't know if mean-spirited is the right word, but they're... They're cut. They're, they're close to the bone. You know what I mean. Yeah. They're close to the bone, and so it, there's a respect for the human being. Cutthroat comedy, I think. Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, it's probably a good way to put it. I was sitting there going um, when it was announced. I kind of went the last ten years of like choices make a lot of sense if this is something that's been and it, it, the amount of movies he put out this year jeez yeah i because i looked through it i was like oh maybe he's just not done that many because when you said that i was like oh maybe he like the last 10 years he hasn't done that i was like oh okay. he did like, like 10 this year yeah yeah they're all the same poster yeah which basically. was uh, then i went okay same sort of genre well, that's when bruce yeah. did something that wasn't direct to streaming i i, I don't think i don't think it is that it's, it's been a while yeah. so uh, if you want more information on that and i'm going to say it right here we will do in the in, in the in the very near future i think it feels right let's go ahead and we'll yeah. do a real roundtable on the best of bruce willis because bruce willis oh, did, did, did a lot of great stuff and stuff that i'd be well up for revisiting and going through his career 
uh, to celebrate a great body of work. Oh, yeah. So we're going to go ahead. I'm going to throw the uh, EP hat on the BFE there and say <laughs> expect that. Probably coming next. After Batman, we'll yeah. do, we'll do uh, Bruce Willis. So yeah. hats, hats up and a, and a toast to the beverage to Bruce on a fine career. Um, we're, 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 we're all pulling for you, buddy. Oh, yeah. um, now from, from that on to, you know, Moon Knight. Um, yeah. <laughs> i'll tell you what i mean i know anything about it really and so let's go over our sort of three pillars that we say we say a pilot here at the bfe has to complete three things in order to be successful it has to establish the characters Mm -hmm. it has to establish a mood and it has to give you a reason to come back and we're gonna come back at the end of it we're gonna add to see does it answer those three questions now, as far as familiarity for both of us taking this mm-hmm. this route for the first time, I knew nothing about Moon Knight. I thought it received very little press. Um, my only thing about Moon Knight that sort of got me here was going, oh, I like Oscar Isaac. That's yeah. it. That's that's me and Moon Knight. I knew nothing else. Wow. Okay. Um, it was slightly different for me because uh, – for for those who don't know, Moon Knight is a Marvel Comics character um, from from a long a long time ago. But um, I I knew him through the Warren Ellis uh, era of comics from like tenish years ago, and it's all Egyptian gods and and mental uh, instability, all that kind of thing. And then in 2017, I think uh, this person on Facebook created a Facebook page called Moon Knight Core, and made a, a simple jpeg of a uh, a panel from a moon knight comic which he replaced the text with where's my money dracula you big fucking nerd which went immediately viral and people were like wow moon knight's such a cool funny character we should have moon knight be in the mcu and, uh, and people took this this meme uh as as actual gospel and Everyone, oh, I can't wait for Dracula, the drug dealer, blah, blah, blah. And this, yeah. So it's been <laughs> interesting. Because I, I know I knew about Moonlight, Moon, Moonlight, Moon Knight. Uh, I liked Moon Knight, the comics. So this whole thing has been a, a strange thing to, to, to wait for. Yeah. yeah. Not what I was, I was expecting. This is like very obscure, I feel. Yeah. I, never know. I mean, they've done well with. with with obscure ones before looking at you guarding to the galaxy mm. the mega hit no one saw coming <laughs> and they've also like laid absolute goose eggs with obscure looking at you eternals i don't care how often you get pushed at me on disney plus i will never watch you again is it uh, seriously two hours in like 39 or 49 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, pop- it popped up after the first episode and i was like mm, yeah no 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 yeah. it is it is a long slog it's 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 like if you could zoom into a game of Sid Meier's Civ Civilization, but without all the fun stuff. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you just, just sit there and go, you know, it's nothing but cutscenes of like you know the leaders and things like that. Oh, it's it's a rough it's a rough movie. It's a movie that lacks cohesion. I watch it at a point probably before Doctor Strange, but it's not in the same way. But the second Shang Chi came out, I was yeah. like, oh, I need to see. Shang-Chi. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Marvel's got us now, where most of their stuff, definitely their films, mm. are all like. Up, if you're a fan of the series, you kind of can't miss it just for continuity purposes, yeah. so you know what's going on. 
But if you're telling me, hey, you know, give me the shortest cut way to get through the really good stuff in Marvel, not a prayer it's making my list. It's not the worst thing Marvel's ever done, but it's bottom five. Ooh, wow. Oh, it's easily bottom five. Like, it's not atrocious. It's just dull. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not, um, it's not Thor, uh, Dark World. I don't care how much you try and retcon that. It's still a terrible movie. Uh, <laughs> I, it's not the Incredible Hulk. Um, it's just, I don't know how you can had spend two hours and 40 minutes and have so little to say, but they did. So oh. there we go. Anyway. So uh, I was intrigued because, um, Chloe Zhao, who won the Oscar in 2021, oh, for, I think. For like Nomadland or whatever. Wasn't yeah, it? for yeah. Nomad. And I was like, yeah, I'll look for, I'm looking forward <sighs> to this new step in the direction. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll give it a, it's, it's Moon Knight time now. No, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. let's talk, let's not talk about that other crappy flight. Well, it wasn't a flight, was it? It was a Cedar Skip It. But we'll talk about this and uh, we'll go from here. So I think you were said you were taking some notes on this, if memory serves. Yeah, I, I did my notes. I watched the, I watched this uh, on Wednesday. I woke up so I could watch it right at 8 o'clock when it aired and then I watched it again this morning. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm not bearing the lead here. I'm just, I'm just yeah. Do, I'm doing my due Doing your due diligence, man. Appreciate yeah. that. Because it meant I don't so, have to. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we open with uh, with the ritual being completed, and it's all perfectly shot at very Wes Anderson, and the fact that everything's lined up and parallel, and we have a, a hidden man uh, pouring a glass of uh, water, drinks it, then smashes the glass. Was it water? I took from I think- it that it was alcohol, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh. So some some liquid, some clear liquid anyway. Yeah, some clear liquid. Crystal uh, puts- Pepsi. <laughs> oh no, it's that awful cherry Gatorade that no one actually likes. <laughs> but he puts the broken shards of glass in his shoes and he walks off wearing them. Oh, I'll tell you what. The- talk about Bruce yeah. Willis. It's like someone saw the Bruce Willis glass scene from Die Hard <laughs> and went, "Hold my, we're not sure if it's vodka, water, Crystal Pepsi, or." Sherry Lucasade or whatever it was you said. <laughs> uh, he said, "Hold this because I'm going to keep the glass in the shoe." So, I, and the diegetic sound of the glass was oh, it oh, was just so cringe-inducing. And then we get the the Marvel logo, and then we we meet Stephen Grant, played by Oscar Isaac, and he wakes up and he's he looks a little bit con- dazed and confused, and. We see that he's got uh, an ankle restraint and it's tied to the beam in his apartment room. And uh, he unlocks it and goes to his door, which is covered in tape. uh, And he uses it to check if anyone's been in. And he feeds his fish, Gus, which has got a Nemo effect because he's only got one fin. And then he calls his mom and it goes to voicemail. And Stephen's British. This is set in London. I finally feel represented as a British. Oh, 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 if you you watch the if you watch Eternals, then you'll get some more British love there. Wait, Uh, no, England was in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, The Dark World, the the worst. The the tube was part of it. The worst movie in in Marvel history. Congratulations! Oh yeah, like fifteen minutes in Spider Man. Uh, far from home. Yeah, yeah. It's not getting any. It's not a good movie either. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Oscar Isaac with an English accent. I mean, take your pick here. Um, I, I tell you what, I did look up just to make sure I wasn't crazy that Oscar Isaac wasn't British. He's um, good. You think he's good? Yeah. Well, I will say it's because um, 
there was an interview that came out like the day before and it turned out Oscar Isaac based his entire, not just like his, uh, his voice, his British voice, but also all his mannerisms on Carl Pilkington. Oh, um, Carl Pilkington, Ricky Gervais's yeah. buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. If, if like, I think in the U in the U S if you've seen like idiot abroad or anything, he, <laughs> he's, he's, I think it's on, it's on, an, it's it on, it might like, be on. Over. I might argue yeah. that many Americans have not seen that series, but no, if you want to uh, go look Ricky it up. Gervais, yeah. It's great. Carl Pilkington. Ricky Gervais, uh, Carl Pilkington is this awkward, bald man. That's very funny. Cause I was watching with someone who said, um, if you close your eyes, it's, 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 it's Ricky Gervais in it. And I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't hear that. I don't, I didn't know who I heard. It wasn't Carl Pilkington. Cause I don't know yeah. Carl Pilkington. So there we go. Uh, but he's very like awkward. Like, oh, hi, hi mum. It's uh, my my goldfish. He, he he likes the postcard. And um, he says uh, on the phone to his mum though that he every morning he still wakes up feeling like he's been hit by a bus. And he says later gators to his mum as he hangs up. And uh, we get our very. This is like the anti Hugh Grant. He's very awkward, but not in an endearing way that we find charming, like in a sympathetic way. Yeah, I think um, it's important to note he's got a voicemail of his mom. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just, 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 just a little actually... bit, just a little bit of clarity. I wanted to establish there. Yeah, because uh, I, I don't know anything, as, as I'm sure you know, because I know nothing about the character. Yeah. I think there's going to be something there. I, I think there's, there's, there's a twist yet to come with mom. Just saying. I've I've heard some possible theories, and they'd be devastating if true. And I kind of want them to be that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we see that he nearly misses his bus. He falls asleep on the bus and wakes up. And then it's time for his job at the British Museum, where a girl has put a, a sweet wrapper in a model of the Pyramid of Giza. And all around the British Museum, there's loads of information about egyptian culture and the history of egypt and the pharaohs and the egyptian gods and instead of uh telling the girl off he instead uh teaches her and us about some of the egyptians but he's not a tour guide as his boss accosts him for and she doesn't even remember his name calling him stevie instead of steven and his job at the gift shop is just to sell candies to kids which he doesn't think they had in egypt Nope, they had figs and stuff, he thought. So yeah. good for Steven um, with, with, with a V and um, also, you know, kind of doing that Jamie Oliver. Let's look out for the kids and what they're eating. <laughs> and uh, as he starts to get ready, uh, another colleague comes over to him, making sure that he's still on for their date at the best steak in town. This girl is so out of his league. <laughs> I have no idea, like, to be fair. It's Oscar Isaac, but it's Oscar Isaac that he he looks well, like shit, well, and I love it. Something we have skipped over uh, is Oscar Isaac just gets, like, run down by his, like, shrew of a boss. Yeah. Right? Who's, like, just only slightly more senior than him at the gift shop. at the, at the, at the or Maybe we didn't run over. Maybe I just kind of got glazed over for a minute. But he's just <laughs> been so, I don't want to say emasculated, because I'm totally cool with the idea that women can be supervisors and men would be subordinates. But she, like, basically just bullies him. So he, <laughs> he, he comes off like such a nerd. And then in comes like the cheerleader going, we're still on for steak night, right? And you're like, what? What? That's crazy. And What's going on here? You're like, you're like, you're like I don't believe it. And neither <laughs> does Steven. Because <laughs> he, one, he, he's Steven. He doesn't think he could. And he doesn't remember any of it. And his boss then asks him, 
what's a vegan going to eat at a steakhouse? So we know that something's wrong here if he's asked her out to a steakhouse. Yeah, so I just don't remember, but he's invited her to a place that he wouldn't frequent full stop. Yeah. But sh- the, the girl's totally in like she 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 surely yeah. believes this isn't this is either an elaborate ruse or it's something that we're was being withheld from us yeah and uh later steven's uh helping do the stock with his manager and uh he shows off his knowledge about egypt because the posters are incorrect uh, how, he says how long are the shifts at this museum I have no idea. It's like literally just opening when he walks up, and now it's like legit nighttime, and like everybody's gone. I assume it's just a time skip, and like it's some like he got in at like maybe twelve. Is that maybe it? Because it it felt like it felt like morning. He was drinking a coffee. You can't drink coffee midday, but it it felt like a morning. Yeah, I'm just saying that. I I don't. I mean, it's it's Britain. We it gets dark here early. But uh, he says that there are only seven gods in all the posters outside the museum, and there should be uh, nine, but his boss doesn't care and sort of just insults him and even says, you're still not going to get a job as a tour guide, to which he said is, was it crushingly devastating? I want to know how the woman who runs the tour, uh, who runs the the gift shop, (laughs) has any sort of hiring power regarding who would make a, it's like somehow she line manages the tour guides as well. That makes no sense. I think it's like overall of the, like. She's just bullying them. That's all it is. Yeah. And I love that. It's just. I can see what your desire is. Let me break you. Yeah. And uh, he leaves, uh, as he leaves, more people don't remember his name. I think calling him, like, was it Stewie, I think? Oh, I forget. I sigh, or I have no idea. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was something nowhere near Stephen. Yeah. Uh, but then it's, it's dinner time, and uh, Stephen's talking to his best buddy, a living statue, so we're really getting the proper uh, London experience. It wasn't, was it actually a living statue? I assume so, because people ask for a photo. I just think it's a statue. He doesn't move at all, does he? Of a living statue. Well, no, but I, I, I assume that because obviously he's like, oh, and and give some money, and usually you'd, you'd give you wouldn't give money to like a a statue statue. Oh, was there money there? Yeah. Oh, oh, it is a people oh, like it is uh, a human. A it is a human statue. Yeah, Crawley the gold statue. Wow, <laughs> I did not. Wow, I totally didn't get this. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and uh, Stephen thinks his daily routine, waking up somewhere uh, he doesn't know is really weird, and he tells his friend uh, Crowley, the living statue. This is a strange exposition, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and he he tells him about the the girl he's going on a date with and how, you know, if he has a girlfriend, he can't have ankle restraints, and he says goodbye to his buddy, and he steals our sign-off phrase. He says, see you on the flip-flop. He and does he say that the number of our listeners who got a hold of me and said <laughs> that there is a BFE Easter egg in this episode. And I, I knew it. I knew it was in here somewhere. I, I didn't know where to expect it, but I was like, that is great. It was awesome. Uh, but then we if, you consider, this- if you consider it, I just sort of stole it. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of, I kind of got it wrong, which is the most Michael Scott thing I could do. But I, 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 I misquoted I believe it is um, something that Michael Scott says when he leaves the basketball game in, I think it's like very early season two of the office or very late season one. 
no, it's not this. He's it's with a basketball hoop, but he's like leaving on his last day ever, and he wants to make that that backward oh, shot yeah. as he leaves. I'll catch you on the flippity flip flip flip. He did something. It's not flippity yeah. flip flop. Or, or or flippity flop i forget what exactly it was but it was that was me getting that wrong and then to hear this here it's like oh everything's going everything's coming full circle <laughs> uh but yeah from here steven begins his nightly ritual of uh proofing his apartment so nothing can happen he listens to a, a recording on how to stay awake uh saying hello hello welcome to staying awake and here's some some tips of uh read a book or uh find something that puzzles that you can yeah puzzles uh something that you can you can uh, immerse yourself in and, and he he's doing this rubik's cube at speed yeah. Yeah. At some real he's not solving it but he's moving it at speed the idea that there's 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 an unconscious mind kind of working somewhere in there as how yeah. i took it yeah mm. and he's reading more about egyptian history and the Iliad, uh but he can't stay awake as he throws the rubik's cube we then transition straight to him uh outside in the field in the day, it's light outside, and he's in agony. His jaws popped slightly, and he brings it back into place, and he has no knowledge of how or why he's where he is. Yeah. And uh, as he comes to, uh, a booming voice tells him to get back to sleep, and uh, he's a worm. And this is F. Murray Abraham. And if anyone who has uh, watched more than one Apple TV, this is like the old man from Mythic Quest, who, who's like the, the author. I can do better than that. This guy wins an Oscar for Best Actor for Amadeus. Oh, shit. He plays Salieri. Wow. Yeah, like this dude's like legit acting chops. I started watching uh, Mythic Quest like the day before this, and then I heard the voice like, wait a minute, that's someone I've heard recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm still running through Ted Lasso myself. Mm. Um, I'll tell you this much. Man, does season two start in a weak way. Oh, my word. Uh, I can't remember. How it's, all about the, it's all about the yips. I'll just say that. Oh. oh the sad part is yeah. it gets better. But I'm like, why would you ruin your season opener? It's a lame episode. Anyway. I yeah, that was, a, that was a weird one. I really, di- Remembering that one. I digress. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, F. Murray Abraham, who I, I believe that the name of the character is pronounced uh, Kwonsu, but I'm, I could be completely wrong because my Egyptian pronunciations are terrible. So I'm going to say F. Murray Abraham for, sure. for now. Or um, FMA. That sounds better. FMA? Uh, yeah. All right. It's less syllables. Uh, but Stephen isn't uh, supposed to be there, and the voice tells him that he needs to surrender the body to Mark. And he's confused, and uh, the voice calls him an idiot. And Stephen then pulls a golden scarab out of his pocket as a menacing figure approaches from behind. Uh, but as he turns around, it's gone. And he looks up uh, to a building behind him. And he sees uh, just a random guy and he waves at him. But it turns out he's a soldier and the soldier uh, criticizes the other guy for waving at, uh, at Stephen. And they shoot at him and start chasing him. And Stephen runs off into a quaint little town and tries to blend in with the local crowd to avoid detection but there's something going on in the square as Ethan Hawke walks through the crowd being worshipped like a god. My outer monologue was like, oh, it's Ethan Hawke. Is that Ethan Hawke? That's got to be Ethan Hawke. <laughs> and then when he spoke, I went, oh, that's Ethan Hawke. I'm like, I, and then I, went, I, I got to check if it's Ethan Hawke. <laughs> I typed well, I in Ethan Hawke and Google yeah. went ahead and said, Moon Knight. I went, okay, I'm right. I knew about Ethan Hawke beforehand. I, I, I obviously yeah. didn't. <laughs> Well, that, that was the thing. I knew about Ethan Hawke and I knew about um, Oscar Isaac and that was 
my my main so that, like f murray abraham was my is that is that ethan hawk moment because yeah. he's the uh ethan hawk is obviously the one who drinks the water and puts the glasses in his shoes at the beginning yes that's that was that yeah. was my because we see that hammer come back yeah yeah and uh i he says that it feels like they're in heaven today with with the the world being so beautiful but there's darkness in their hearts and he he asked the crowd who wants to step up first to offer their soul for judgment before their goddess awakes and um ethan hawks uh got a tattoo which is a set of uh scales that uh i can't remember what's the exact like the basically like every time you'd see like a a courthouse in America. I can't remember the exact. Sorry, one more time. Have. Uh, the 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 scales of um. Oh, scales fate. of justice. Scales of justice. Ah, scales of justice. There we go. Yeah, justice is blind. So you uh, usually have yeah. justice. Lady Justice has a blindfold on as she holds yeah. the scales to show that justice shouldn't have. What's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong, regardless of what's in each side of the scale. Mm. And uh, he holds the hand of a volunteer and he has a cane with him and uh, they put the cane between the two hands of uh, each people and it sways between them and the scales start to tip and the man's good and he lives. And Stephen starts to look around uh, during this and he's surrounded by guards and an old lady steps up and uh, she's unfortunate because she's she's bad there's evil in her heart and possibly for something that lies ahead we don't know and she dies so we'll never know what she might not or might have done and we also learn from this that ethan hawke's name is arthur and she falls on the ground uh, as a guard tells arthur about the steven situation and arthur gives out a shout which causes everyone in the crowd to kneel all except steven who realizing what happens just says the most british thing ever of oh bollocks yeah I like how British Stephen is. I just need him to say like one awful uh, football chant and then with a yeah, probably that sounds about right. Uh, and Arthur knows Stephen. He calls him a mercenary, but Stephen just says that he's a he's a gift shopist. And Arthur demands the golden scarab be returned, but the voice tells Stephen not to do it. And even his body forces Stephen not to, despite the fact that Stephen wants to give Arthur the scarab back. And then his body starts running without uh, Stephen's choice as the guards start to grab him. And Stephen goes into a deep sleep with very quick cutting of black around. And then Stephen wakes up and everyone around him is on the ground with his hands covered in blood. Even the scarab is completely bloodied and the crowd starts to follow him and he tries to make a run for it finding his only escape is a cupcake truck. Now, I really enjoyed these um, these transitions. Yeah. Uh, usually graphic matches, kind of, for the most part, we wouldn't see Steven move too much from where he was in the frame previously. Yeah. So it was kind of a graphic match and kind of a jump cut simultaneously. Uh, and it can be disorienting, but that's the point, because so is he. Um, yeah. And the more of these happen, the funnier the payoff seemed to be for each of these. There's a really yeah. interesting dark humor in this. Um, yeah, I just really kind of enjoyed some of the notion of this. A lot better than I enjoyed the keep away game where Oscar Isaac had to oh, pretend, yeah. I don't really want to, I want you to have it, but no, my hand is closed <laughs> over it. Oh, 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 now it's, now, now my arm is turned away from you. Oh, and I'm now walking, I'm, now, now I'm, I'm walking away. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, yeah it, that part, not so fun, but, but you know, the, everything. And then we go to the cupcake truck, which is yeah. just, just a silly over the top juxtaposition. It was, it, it was yeah. good fun. 
And uh, as he, he drives the cup, the, the cupcake van, we get Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by Wham! playing as Steven's concerned, uh, not about the people chasing him or trying to kill him, but because he doesn't have a license. And uh, he's, he's tailed by the guards. And uh, thus begins a, a light, light-hearted chase scene of Britain's most curved roads down a hill. Oh, and Britain's? Where's this? It's got mountains, dude. Like they're in, like the they're in. It should be like the Peak District. Oh, they were. Well, if you want to know where it really was shot, I did look up, yeah. and I do know where it yeah. really was shot. But even with the accents and stuff, I, I don't think I think everybody else is in English in this. See, I assumed it would be just because of how quickly he he would have gotten. Well, that's the thing. I, he blacks out, and he yeah. thinks it's one day, doesn't he? But it's not yeah. one day. So it was actually shot in Germany, for what it's worth. Oh, okay. So, you know, with a place that actually has legit mountains, too. That would make a bit more sense. Just yeah. saying, yeah. Yeah. As opposed to... <laughs> Welcome opposed to the Peak District. To the Peak District over Norfolk Broads, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think that would be equally as funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, a guard jumps into the back of the truck and Stephen attacks him with cupcakes, but he passes out again. He wakes up holding a gun and the guard is in the back of the truck and he's been shot in the head dead. And the voice really hates Stephen, saying that he's come back and calls him a parasite. And then Stephen falls asleep and he wakes up this time. He's driving backwards. And instead of using the gun in his hand uh, to fire, he just he just throws it. And uh, the voice hates. And that. I, I love it because the voice keeps saying things like the idiots in control again yeah. or something like that, which I thought was I thought was brilliant in this. Uh, but uh, brilliant, but maybe a little too familiar, he said. Ooh. Oh, there we go. We'll, we'll talk space on that at the end. I was going to say this is very uh, Venom. Yeah, that's basically, that's basically where I'm going with this. Yeah, I'm like, oh, so you, so so half of this is Venom. Got it. <laughs> yeah. What was that thing where it was like, Edgy, you must get the thing for Yeah, me. It's, 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 it's... On my planet, I'm a loser. Yeah, it's not quite, you know... Because um, it seems the voice isn't... Uh, which you probably find out later. The voice yeah. isn't, isn't, isn't Mark but yeah. it's something yeah so uh there's kind of a, a few different things in play but elements of this felt very uh venom to me yeah i think it the the main difference uh from this compared to venom it's all it's because it's like it's did it means that like it's not it's not the same thing of oh two different people but i think well on on fir- on first viewing like that isn't the the immediate go to, I guess. Well, the it's interesting because you got the two yeah. you got the two identities, but you've also got the voice, yeah, who's like a silent companion. Now, is it an invisible companion? Don't know, but yeah. there's some stuff to talk about there. But at least from the viewer's perspective, it come now. This isn't anything new. DC and Marvel have been ripping each other off in turn for 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 generations, let alone decades. So such is. I'm not really too precious about it. Oh, hang on. I just said DC and Marvel. Yeah, I was going to say Marvel. Marvel. They've been ripping each other. They've been ripping themselves yeah. off as well along the way. Like, there's only so many ideas you can you can go to. I mean, I can compare this as well to to Deadpool in the comics. Deadpool has like at least three different voices, like comic um, text bubbles that appear in frames. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So you got some of this stuff too, and it's but 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 it's good fun, and you're like, yeah. all right. And we're still in a cupcake truck, which is still good fun. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it back back over to you, and you can wake up just like Stephen did here. Yeah. And uh, we see that the the last card uh, guard car has uh, remained, but it gets destroyed because earlier um, 
Stephen uh, stopped from crashing into a massive truck full of logs, and that uh, swerves off the edge of a of uh, of the hill. And now the logs uh, come crashing down onto the the guards and their truck. And then Stephen wakes up immediately back in his apartment. I'll say that this whole sequence in uh, the Peak District, as you said, um, <laughs> I thought it was really fun, especially yeah. the chase. The chase was really fun. We've seen a bunch of Marvel series try to do action sequences to varying degrees of success. Like, this was a fun one. So I was like, all right, well done you here. This is like the um, the 360 um, ch- uh, ch- uh, car scene from Hawkeye for me, like where it's it's very fun and it doesn't overstay its welcome for me. Right, but that was like, what, episode five of Hawkeye? Yeah, yeah, yeah like that this, was like episode five. It's episode one. Now, the benefit is, well, I guess, with Haw- I guess the benefit is we're only with one, like we're really tightly aligned to Steven. Yeah. You know what I mean? So but even with Hawkeye, we've known we've known Hawkeye for over ten. years. We've known like, Hawkeye for over ten years, yeah. but we had to build a lot of other characters in the universe. Yeah, Kate, Kate Bishop, basically, we had yeah. to figure her out first. So yeah, there's some benefits of doing it like this. Uh, but he wakes up in his in the bed, and everything looks like it. It was just a dream because the tapes yeah. on the door. And I mean, we don't really go back to the sand too often, but I'm assuming the sand was still left undisturbed. Yeah, I think it's that too. Yeah. And uh, they're all in place, and he, he greets Gus, and he wonders, you know, what Fishy's dream about as he's a cereal, but something's wrong, because Gus has two fins, and that's impossible to... Uh, I thought it was a nice cut of him saying, what the... and then cutting to fish, and it's just... Oh, okay, blender, fair enough, yeah, yeah. And it's in a blender. Yeah, don't push the button on that. <laughs> a little bit of dark humor there. Yeah. And um, he's showing the, the pet shopkeeper, and he wants to know if it's if it's normal... But apparently he was in the shop yesterday oh, getting a fish with two fins. This is like the third act of Fight Club. <laughs> where everyone's like, but you were here before. And he's like, what are you talking about? That's not the case. And the more people who say it, the more that Steven's not getting like the point. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a, all righty then. So, especially with something as trivial as a goldfish with two fins. But such but is my the the thing that broke my heart is I'm knowing that the gust that we first saw that Stevens aligned himself with for however long that it's like his really one of his only other friends technically probably is dead probably dead yeah yeah I think Mark ate him um, <laughs> <laughs> but on top of that Stephen notices that the clock isn't what he thought it was because it's date time so he prepares himself saying that he looks like a knob. And we cut to the date, and he's alone by himself. So he calls his date, and she's furious because he's only ringing now. Uh, and she says, you know, I ate steak by myself two days ago. So here's my question. Because when Mark had control of the car, if I can just use this metaphor here, yeah, Mark arranged a date. So that would lead us to believe that Mark has his own wants and wishes, now, is Mark aware of what happens when Steven's driving the car? And if not, wouldn't know. Mark still go to work and try and... Because it looks like Mark must be charming because he asked her out and he got a date. Does Mark continue to go to work? It would seem he does in Steven's place because that's how Mark would have asked her out on a date to begin with. So there's some some bits where I'm going... You've established that Mark exists when he's at work in some capacity. So it felt at this point it wanted to go, no, we're changing it. 
you know, the geeky side, everything that is that, that's Steven, Steven's that, but not Mark. Mark wouldn't go to work. And I'm like, well, sh- surely he must have. So shouldn't there have been a workaround for this? Or if it I'm was like, sure. Mark, I phoned you, uh, sorry, Steven, I phoned, and, and you were horrible to me. And, and when Mark asked her out, did Mark have an American accent? <laughs> like, there's like, a lot of logic holes in this if you think about it too much. I think it's one of those things that, like, I think they didn't intend for us to to think of it in that way because we're supposed to go. Oh, that's really strange. Why would that happen? And then you break yes. it down for a second. But when you pause um, for a moment, you go, "Yeah, oh, there's there's a bunch of holes in this lifeboat I'm in." And then I I want to say it's the same thing of like why uh, why it's definite why the the chasing definitely wasn't in the Peak District of maybe mark knew like maybe mark knew but he knew he wouldn't be able to make it on time because of where he was but even then my 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 theory now is like mark can be a jerk and be like oh well player's gonna play and just doesn't care you know what i mean that's fine but it needs to be explained in that regard but i still want to know how mark asked her out with an american accent why is she not going hey your voice is different (laughs) In, in either that scene or the scene that we got to see but I really hope um, that, that there's just a scene somewhere that's like a flashback in the future episode where it's Mark with his American accent trying to pretend to do a I British was just accent, thinking the same terrible. thing. So Mark's going all like Dick Van Dyke instead. Boy, love, <laughs> would you like to go on a steak dinner? Boy, exploiting the workers. Best steak <laughs> dinner in the city, by Jove. <laughs> but if, from a timeline, I think it would be because it's Thursday night the 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 change happens like the, the body takeover that's so if he, that would make sense based on what yeah. he thinks when he when he wakes up yes yeah so sometime on friday he'd go to uh at least where they filmed in germany yeah if mark wakes up in the if steven wakes up in the daytime that might be saturday and then he wakes up on the sunday so that could be why. Here's my other question, though. Why? Why hasn't? Wh- what's the girl's name who's waiting for the date? I have no idea. Okay. I don't think we're ever told. Why doesn't steak girl or mistake girl? Because she missed her Stacey. steak. Why doesn't mistake girl? Um, why doesn't she phone him? Why doesn't she leave a voicemail? Clearly, he has her number, which would suggest that she has his in return. Because when <laughs> she, because when he phones her, she goes, "What? You know what I mean? Yeah. So." Surely there should have been a voicemail or like a hundred missed calls because we had time for another screenshot of some technology showing missed calls. I've got no idea. If if someone stands you up, are you just sitting? Are you really not texting? Going, hey, where are you? I got set up for a date once. I I texted like at least ten times. I called once, but still use my phone. There you go. Yeah, you know. What I, yeah, don't get it. Maybe they maybe they were in Germany as well. Maybe Mar- maybe maybe Mark kept deleting them. <laughs> maybe he's, maybe he's maybe he's, he's covering his tracks. I don't know. Possibly, I he's got know. he's got his own phone to worry about, as yeah. we found out. Because he does this whole thing where he's like, "Stop looking." So what, what, whatever's going on, Mark's definitely trying as hard as he can to yeah to make Stephen see. Is that uh, Mark who's saying stop? That's that's Seth Murray Abraham yeah. who's saying stop looking, isn't it? No, no, it isn't. You're right. You're right. Because he's like, uh, Stephen, stop, stop. Because it's it, within the same. Voice it is. Like, right? it, it is the Oscar Isaac voice at that point. Yeah, just the American version, which is very clever. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. But it's because uh, it's Sunday and she's so pissed she wants him to lose her number. And Stephen's absolutely horrified. And he asked the waiter to 
clarify what the day is and he also tells them sunday and he's devastated if we can for a moment having lived in this country now for almost a decade you know in england when it's a sunday things are very different in the uk on a sunday as in all the stores are closed by four o'clock that's the one thing with the um the pet shop i was very confused about yep (laughs) just saying (laughs) Mark's fucking with all oh, of us now. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, if this was America or Canada, that totally makes sense on a Sunday to be open that yeah. late. In the UK, not a prayer. It's very, I will say, it's very different with London. Like L- London, London is yeah. an exception, but I, st- yeah. for like a business, like a big, like a bigger chain, maybe some small mom and pop like goldfish shop. I, 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 I close mm. that down. Anyway, back to the world's <laughs> most unbelievable misdate. Of a and, mistake. Uh, yeah, he's devastating. The waiter says that they'll be closing soon. and Because uh, it's utterly, Sunday. Yeah. Utterly broken. Stephen, the vegan, says, you know what? Fine, I'll, I'll have the steak. And he gets asked, what what cut would he like? He says, oh, you know, the, the best bit of the steak. That's that's the bit I want. Which, and again, I call BS on. Because even if you don't eat steak, like, it's so commonly referenced, you would know. At the very least, you'd Stephen, know filet mignon so or T-bone yeah. or something. Yeah. But he, he orders the best bit of the steak that he says, and then he, he orders it well done no, he, by accident. No, he doesn't. He asks for very good. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. Really, good, very, very good. good. <laughs> they go with well done. He's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Which, well done's a horrible way to eat a steak. It's, if there's any vegans out there. The best cut. Best cut of the steak. Now, if I, if, if I was a vegan, I probably would want it well done because yeah. you, probably have, you probably want it as, you know, close to not resembling blood as you could yeah but man nothing beats a well uh a well done i shouldn't be saying that nothing beats a well-cooked steak when that is yeah. rare rare is the yeah. way you want it yeah rare is my favorite i remember i saw a video a while ago where some guy uh got like a, a wagyu steak and did it well done and oh. i've never i've never been so mad i've, I've never had a wagyu steak life. but yeah i just don't see one, the po- one day one day i, I, I just don't see the point uh, uh blue scares me a bit i think that's a bit beyond where i'm willing to go i i tea with blue but like, yeah mm. i like uh, i'm usually one for extremes but i think that one's got me a little bit too far but like this scene it's it's dark and it's funny and it's heartbreaking and i i i like the I like the whole thing with Mark just sort of giving up, Stephen giving up and just saying, yeah, sure, I'll have the steak. My 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 day has been, been awful enough as it is, I guess. Yep. And uh, afterwards, Stephen's walking back to his house and he calls his mum, who's on voicemail again. He lies about the date and he's like, oh, you know, it's really good. She, she's really funny. I'll, I'll have to bring her around and you, you can meet her sometime. Ha ha ha. And he just eats his chocolate that he got his date alone by himself in his apartment okay yeah yeah this still felt a little bit i'm assuming this was a voicemail again i didn't feel like she was talking about yeah something's going on here um but yeah he eats his chocolate he's 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 a terrible vegan um there we go i I missed that there's chocolate i'm like what what has he done to his steak that it's in like these little pieces (laughs) this is is ridiculous (laughs) but anyway he gives Gus too some sprinkles, confounding in his only friend, and then he drops some. They look like ma- they they might have been like truffles, but they just look like Maltesers. Yeah, you're not wrong. And he drops his chocolates. And Maltesers notices- are very big over here. 
Yeah. Yeah. And he notices there's something wrong with his flooring. There's uh, there's some marks and he moves his table to where the pattern meets and he sees a, a gap in the paneling uh, on the wall. So he climbs up to see what's going on and he finds a, a mobile flip phone. In Stop a looking. And we start here. Stop looking. Oh, oh remember flip phones. Yeah, what's up with this? Is it is this is this still modern? Yeah, it's modern day. I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I think it's almost just like a burner, burner phone. Yeah, right? burner phone. Fair enough. Yeah, and so there's all these missed phone calls from someone called uh, Layla. Layla, yeah. you got me on money, Layla. So you know, and he brings himself. Do I have the nerve to do it? And he's told, "Don't do it. Don't do it." <laughs> and uh, before Stephen can call. Layla calls and he answered and Layla's relieved that he's alive and uh, she doesn't know what's with his accent and she calls a Mark and he wants to know which of course is is, is the first callback of let Mark have the body yeah yeah and uh, then she hangs up and uh, Stephen tries to call back but then we hear Mark uh, talking to Stephen uh, telling saying his name to get his attention then he says uh, he needs to stop or he'll get himself in trouble yep and uh, Stephen starts to investigate his apartment, but he doesn't see anything other than his shadowed reflection in the bathroom mirror moving sort of slightly weirdly. And then the lights flicker and the building shakes as Mark just tells him to stop looking again. And Stephen runs out the room to the elevator. Uh, it's covered in mirrors and he starts looking at his reflection all worriedly. And the door opens on a new floor as something begins to approach Stephen from the distance. And it's the same figure we saw earlier. And it started to lunge towards him and he screams. And the figure's now just a little old lady. What the listeners don't know is I just lunge across a chair to get up <laughs> to get a, a power supply for my laptop because it oh, said no. it said basically you going to die. And my laptop has no reserve. When it says you're going to die, you're usually dead. So I'm oh, stunned shit. we didn't lose the call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's on the floor. He says he's looking for his contact, but the woman's completely yeah. freaked out. Yeah. She she's trying to establish they're back on the fifth floor. They haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. So that's freaking um, Stephen out. But of course, the woman's like, my friend's expecting me. I'm, I'm going to go in. Yeah, it's all OK. And um, then uh, Stephen needs answers. But he turns around and sees the creature close up and then turns back. I really like this transition, just following his face. And he, we turn back and he's just on a London bus screams and he, he realizes he's on, he's on a bus and everyone else is really confused why the man just screams. Yeah, I've got some questions about what everybody else sees versus, uh, you know, as opposed to obviously what, what he sees. Uh, and that's okay. But he, he thinks he sees a figure, which we've seen all, all episode yeah. long out of the corner of his eye. And um, so he gets off the bus. He goes into work and he sees he sees uh, arthur on the bus as well and he's like oh bloody oh hell, that's right yes. real and um when he goes into work he he tries to make sure no one comes in and uh, the guy's like it's free mate anyone comes in i can't stop him and which is uh, one of the great things about about the museums in london is a lot of them are free as opposed yeah. to in the states or canada where you would have to pay for it yeah and um arthur's already in the building and Stephen gets approached by Arthur, and it turns out that uh, the security guard as well that Stephen tries to get to stop Man, there Arthur. Man, so many people working at this museum. Yeah. Works for Arthur. And uh, he says that the scarab belonged to Ahmed, uh, an Egyptian deity uh, who was the world's first boogeyman uh, for evildoers. Ahmed would kill people before their crimes were actually committed. 
So it's um, it's very Minority Report. I was going to say it's it's Egyptian uh, Minority Report. Yeah, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, we're going to stop you before you do the bad thing. Yeah. What's the ethics? Dun dun dun. Yeah. And uh, Stephen tries to leave, however, but the entire building is surrounded by all of Arthur's followers. Um, I feel real bad for this museum because this is the same museum that um, Michael B. Jordan would just absolutely oh, really? decimate in Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Arthur tells Stephen that Ahmed was Wait, in prison. In, in storyline? Yeah. Oh, okay. you figure they'd have a better system at this point. You know what Good I mean? Good thing. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Because Michael B. Jordan just poisons yep. like a load of people and steals all the Wakandan um, artifacts and then just gets gets out of her. Yeah, I think he because it it's the same thing. There's a girl who works in the coffee shop in the British Museum who's working for Michael B. Jordan and then uses that to to betray everyone. Um, but Arthur tells Stephen that uh, Ahmed was imprisoned, and if she was free, then all the worst man-made atrocities could never have happened. Hitler, uh, Paul Pot, uh, which I th- I thought he said Paul Pot's the the singer, and I got real confused. Uh, the Eternals movie, probably. Yes, Isn't the whole point of the Eternals like they they witnessed all of the tragedies yeah. of humanity and did yeah. nothing? Yeah. Great. Yeah. I, I I love may, may, maybe this ties in there's, somehow there's a, to Eternals. Then there's a whole storyline reason why they should have because when Thanos yeah. snaps half of existence, it actually ruins a huge part of their mission. So they should have by even their own internal logic. But let's not dwell on a yeah. on, on a really poor movie. Um, so um, you know, Ethan Hawke, you know Denzel's buddy from Training Day, goes <laughs> ahead and grabs um. Oh, well, uh, D- Dameron Poe's hands and yeah. kind of does the same gimmick we've seen twice before, which I love when you yeah. set something up and then come to it. And we think we know there's two options. There's he's yeah. a good man or he's a bad man. And we get a middle ground because the, 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 the scales just won't settle. Yeah, there's chaos in you, we find out. And Arthur's horrified. I will say my favorite thing just before that is um, when Arthur says, that, oh, uh, all the gods betrayed Ahmed. Uh, even her own avatar, to which we get, oh, like the blue people or the anime. Yeah, and Stephen has just don't forget cartoons. Don't forget, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be bringing some more avatar movies from Disney coming up. Christ, I can't wait for the avatar sequel that comes out nearly twenty years after the first one. Yep. And uh, Stephen's set free, but at night, and he just gets to, he gets to work. He just goes back to work. I guess I'd be I'd be done. But anyway, yeah, he's at work, kind of. And it's nighttime, he's doing inventory, all the lights go out, and the sound of a wailing dog can be heard, and Stephen investigates to save the dog. As he passes a, a glass panel, uh, his reflection stays there, and uh, just looks around, and a creature moves in the shadows, and thinking he's found the dog, Stephen instead just finds a monstrous creature lurking, and Arthur appears on the intercom and get the... Bing bong. Stephen, uh, give the scarab back or you'll be torn apart. And Stephen makes a break for it, throwing his backpack somewhere. And he gets chased by the monster dog and hides in the bathroom. And I'll say what happens next is so impressive from a, a cinematography point of view. Because this, this is all done in the volume, I'm, I, I'd assume, because, of course. And uh, the bathroom's covered in mirrors and uh. they're endlessly reflecting. 
And with the use of what I assume is the volume, we get to see uh, Stephen interact with Sorry, the Mark use of what? real time. Uh, the volume, the the big like LCD screen. Oh, so this is what they use for like Mando and things like that. Yeah, yeah Mando, okay. Boba Fett, all that. Yeah. And uh, we see Stephen's interacting with Mark. Mark's in the reflection of all these mirrors, and he's moving around yeah. in real time between all the mirrors. Uh, on now the there is some point. there are there are some focus poles, but I, it's too yeah. seamless to just be to just be a. Uh, a CGI replacement. I think what they yeah. did was they recorded everything in the mirror reflections yeah. and then they surrounded him with it and had him act against that. So yeah, I think you're right. And it's, it's so, it's so, cause it's just, it's all one take it's spinning around. And then uh, Mark saying, you know, you need, you need me to, to, to do it. You need to give me control so you can survive. And eventually Steven gives in and the transformation starts and the lights flicker and all the walls uh, show hieroglyphs uh, flickering everywhere. And Mark takes over and just demolishes the dog monster. But we're but we're taken outside the room for this. Yeah, because we so. see it charged. So if you him. were lucky yeah. slash unfortunate enough to listen to our watch along of just another wrestling romantic comedy, um, <laughs> how we get taken out of the room when the, when the girl beats up the bad guys because she probably can't fight. Similar idea here. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, the creature that we saw charging at, uh, at Steven then starts to run away and gets dragged back. And we now see uh, Mark in the costume of Moon Knight wailing on the dog monster and uh, walks into close up and shows the costume and the episode ends. Now, is this Mark's actual like, like what he is? Uh, this is more just the costume. So Mark... So Mark found time to put the costume on. Well, the the costume sort of just uh, is created because it's it's difficult to go like. So when Mark's asking Mistake Girl out, is he wearing this cool white costume? No, it like he. It's sort of like you know, this is an awful. Um, is this like a Green Lantern thing or? It's it's like Tony's nanotech. He's able to make it appear because basically, okay. like, I'm I'm trying to find a way without sort of spoiling what I assume they'll do later. All right, all right, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. It, it's basically like there will be the an cur- organic explanation for how he gets the suit. Yeah, the curse of Good. the thing means that he can get wrapped in like the mummy wraps and all that. But it's at his discretion when he can put that on. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So he he chooses like the power of the moon because if if he if that happened every time, then we probably would have seen like the wraps appearing. Right. Uh, do. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask. Yeah, I guess it'll be answered in future things. Yeah. All right, so that's the end of our episode. We're really, I mean, what we're used to, a really stylized end credit sequence yeah. from Marvel with some things that may have some impact or may not, or might be Easter eggs, they might not, but it gives us our list of who's who. There's uh, a nice one, I will say, where they show Oscar Isaac, and it's his face, but in three times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess it would be, uh, the usual sort of stuff. Uh, I've got dinner plans, so I'm going to sort of power <laughs> through these. Um, yeah. favorite bit? It's, it is the one take because it's just so, it, the, the power that like the volume can do is impressing me every single time I see it. Cause at first I was like, oh, cool. We could just make it look like space or look like a spaceship. And I never thought for a second. Oh, you can do these really stylized um, yeah. comic book esque uh, scenes. It's it's so impressive. I'm gonna go for the car chase with the various uh, jump cuts. Yeah, where he gets sort of like regain consciousness, if you will, or control. That was a lot of fun. 
and for Marvel and for wherever they're going with some of this stuff, which is pretty dark stuff. Uh, yeah. Not dark as in like uh, brooding necessarily, but just slow character based kind of things. That was a really fun element of it. And Ethan Hawke is all, I mean, the acting. On both oh, Ethan yeah. Hawke and Oscar Isaac. I mean, geez, sign me up for that. I mean, the two of them are just are just masters of the craft. So, yeah. Especially, although I did get sad about how old Ethan Hawke is looking. <laughs> it's it's impressive. Because obviously this time we've mainly just seen like Oscar Isaac is Stephen very um, tepid and mousy. But I've seen him do serious. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that sort of that, that dynamic, that comparison. I'm also just glad that he's got a good comic book role. Any complaints? Any concerns? Um, I think it's like a little bit fast and loose. I think with the rules yeah. of of when and how um things happen, but I'm hoping it can be explained. Um, I th- I feel I don't think they're using uh his whole DID as a joke. I d- I think I don't think it's been. F- uh, I think for a first episode, well, he doesn't know yet. Kind of, he doesn't. Yeah, even I think know. you need to expand upon it just a little bit. It's got to be someone who's going to sort of help. You, yeah, we need we need an exposition dump in episode two. I'll agree with yeah. that. But I'm going to go with mine as well as the rules. Uh, so well, what exactly happens? Is he? Uh, how does the girl not realize he's American when he asked her out? I mean, it's a fun little enigma, but that's a huge like, huh? Because yeah. what's her name gets it instantly, or is Mark smart enough, like we said, to put on a fake English accent? I need to know that. Uh, yeah. And if it answers it in episode two, then I'll then I'll, I'll back off on it for episode one. But there were just a few too many. But even the idea of like, she would call, there would be a record, yeah. there would be something. Um, so really, I guess this comes down to, um, you know, does it do the three things? Does it give? Does it establish a character? I th- I think so. Oh, I think it does. Yeah, in fact, I think it does more difficult. than that because yeah. you have to establish the character for me then to be impressed by the aberration from that character. Yeah, especially because we're the fact we basically just got like half a character with with Stephen, and the fact that I'm already I'm already very attached to seeing where Stephen goes. Oh, honorable mention to the exposition dump to the talking star to the human statue. Yeah. that was a great. Scene. That was that was a sweet one. Um, and then uh, so does it establish a mood? I think very, I think very much. Oh so yeah, it definitely. It's does- it's f- dark and funny. I, I I really appreciate the the cynicism, but also there's like a tiny little bit of optimism. I like it. And does it give you a reason to come back? I I'd, I'd say so. I yeah, yeah. I, I want to come back. The way that this ends, I'm like oh. This is this is the creature inside of Mark. Let's uh, Stephen. Let's let's see from here. So what I teach my students uh, at GCSE, but especially A level, is about enigmas. Right? We we, we yeah. create mysteries, and we like mysteries because then when they get solved, we get enjoyment out of that, independent of the story. There's another level of sort of um, pleasure, for lack of a better word, a gratification that we get when we see the answer to a mystery that was presented earlier. We go, ah, oh, that's how you. That's how that does. For instance, when you know she calls him Mark, we go, Mark's the name we heard earlier, <laughs> and we get a payoff to that, and that that's. Yeah. Enjoyable. I think this is full of this because he, because although we're so tightly aligned to Mark, not Mark, Stephen, the irony is we're so tightly aligned to Stephen that when Stephen leaves his own body, so do we. So yeah. actually, it's really, there's so many enigmas as a result of what happens in these missing windows. And that's great. And is that something that will change? And will we get to see more of Mark's side? I'm not sure I want to see that. I think I want to keep myself really tightly aligned. I don't want to yeah. know more. I don't want to know more than Stephen. 
I I want to see like some some interactions. I know there'll be like personal interactions with the character, like between them, uh, like sort of a self reflection. And I I I do welcome that because I think that that's that's a nice way to do it. I'm but like it's like you said, the enigmas. I know you'll appreciate this. It's kind of like with Lost in the sense that you're yeah. given all of these questions, and whilst you're given the answers, you're still going, "Oh, but there's more to." They this. give you more questions still yeah. inside it, yeah. And it's not in a frustrating way. Like I really appreciate sort of this weekly. It's not like with One Division where I never got an answer. No, no. It's, it, this is this is a little which, bit more nuanced. Which, and I like that. Which, which is also very like Lost if you think about it. But, <laughs> uh, but um, so let's go with grades. What grade and where does it sort of rank? I mean, this is like our fifth or sixth uh marvel uh, series maybe it's the fifth Ooh, where does uh, it rank and what, what what grade do you give it yeah for grade i'm going i'm going b plus just because of what this establishes and for the mystery to unfold and i think it does it really really well i'm i'm putting this i think under 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 or above loki which was at my top i think we're forgetting how i railed against the first episode of loki because so much of it was you can't skip ahead to the end i think yeah does he get to the tva in episode one i think he does it's it's the tva and it's and it's the clip show yeah and then then the end is oh the personal hunting's you yeah i think this is the best one they've done yet yeah i do i do uh, as far as as far as that first episode goes so props to them for that and well, i give no, it a b- I, didn't, I give it a b I, I didn't enjoy hawkeye's first episode that much it was no. the second one that, that kept me on yep falcon the winter soldier's first one was strange <laughs> so, that was was that the boat one that was the one we had this whole like fight on a moving train with like or moving car with Oh, George, George St. Pierre was in it. It was, it was, it was a good action sequence, but it was just really like, wow, this is kind of oh, weird. Oh yeah, it was, it was the canyon, the boat, and the bank. Yeah, and we had the first yeah. side of the, the the flag smashers, whatever they were called. Yeah, with like an app, and that kind of didn't really go the way it went after yeah. a while. Um, so I, I, is it grounded, Ethan, or is it cleared for takeoff? Ooh, I'd say this is definitely cleared for takeoff. It's so cleared for takeoff, it's going to wake up in Germany, not knowing where it is. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, definitely <laughs> permission to travel internationally. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so where we sit here is going. So what are you guys going to do? You guys going to do a series? I don't know. I think we're going to sort of take a look at episode two and look at our schedules and see does this make because we because we we're keeping on with who do you think you are yep. and we're going to do Obi Wan Kenobi and we know yeah. that so the question is do we have time and capacity to run with this and if we're still really up on Moon Knight and if it's still going along then yeah we'll do Dancing in the Moon Knight simple simple <laughs> as because um, you know I'm I'm, da- I'm having fun so dancing seems to be yeah. seems to be a, a good one for me here yeah. so we we'll go we'll go ahead with that and it just sort of depends how our relative schedules go combined with uh, if the show keeps up its quality and if people are actually going to uh, if we put this up and it's it, the numbers suck <laughs> it's like one person it's just me <laughs> then, uh, yeah you don't you don't get any follow up I, th- I think you know what what's happened there yeah so that's about it outside of that uh, Tuesday we had our episode on Casablanca with Reverend Bruce check that out at some point we will do our real round table on the top batman <laughs> films i'm hoping for a week friday we will a week from when we drop this we will see um outside depending of, when this comes out if this is around the week that we 
do Casablanca. We would have had our Who Do You Think You Are episode on the 50th as well. Yes, we got to talk about timings on that. So yeah. uh, on top of that, Hot Film Summer is coming back hot, hot, because hot. there's a lot of big name films we got coming down the pipe. Maybe not great, maybe not great works of art per se, but <laughs> films that people have heard of. I'll put it that way. A lot of blockbusters coming that you're away from the BFE this oh, summer. So exciting. please go ahead and drop us a line. Be part of the conversation at Best Film Ever Pod on the Twitter, best way to get a hold of us. Or if you like this pod and you want to help to keep the lights on here at the Studio of Awesomeness and keep this content going, patreon.com slash BFE. Uh, we kept it simple for you. For as little as three pounds a month, you can help keep the show on the air. And we thank all of our uh, Patreon backers to, who have kept the lights on to this point. It's Energy prices are going up in the UK. So. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so, no, so there we go. Um, so, for best film ever, Abedian. Uh, and Abedian. Uh, and I think maybe I'll let the show itself do the call out line this time. So, well, we'll see you. On the flip That's the flippity flip flop. Oh, who's leading? Oh, yeah. Is it me or is it you? <laughs> I was going to say because this is clear for takeoff. No, it's clear for takeoff. I'll jump with it. Yeah, sorry about that. Okay, cool. Let me just uh, reset that. <laughs> I was ready for hello, I don't see. I don't know what the point of that was. <laughs> oh.